Um, right now, Holly's getting ready to step into the uh, lectern to, to share uh, a passage of Scripture. I just want to give you a little bit of context to it. Jesus was trying to find ways for people to figure out, so when I'm gone, how does this thing work? I mean, what are you supposed to do once the initial phase is over? Okay, so Jesus is there. We can touch him. We can talk to him. He can get us on the right path. He can take us off when we're off the wrong path. But when you're gone, Jesus, what is it supposed to look like? And this is what he tells him in John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Holly. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we ask you now to move in this room with the energy and power that came in the Bible when we see it, when you touch people's lives and they jumped like electricity was going through them. We hope today's worship gets us as excited as a championship and sends us out with as much passion as is necessary to change the world for your sake. So bless us, bless this confirmation class, and use these words to your glory. In Christ we pray. Amen. Jesus had told them before. They, they had heard this from him. But for some reason, when he tells them in John 14, I'm going to die, and I'm going to die soon, and it's not going to be a good death. You could tell by the way the disciples responded that it hit him for the first time how real that statement was. You could hear in the way they spoke about it, the the fear, the the anxiety, the the disbelief. How could this be happening? It's not going to happen. And then it began to sink in, and you began to wonder, not only are we worried about you now, Jesus, but what's it going to mean for me, for us? And Jesus tries to comfort them. He tries to talk about his death and what's going to happen after he dies. And he says to them, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to come and comfort you. And the Holy Spirit's going to come and touch your life and and give it power and energy to be able to face all manner of things. And the way the disciples talked about the Holy Spirit, as Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, confirms for all of us, if you are ever confused about the Holy Spirit, you are in great company because the disciples couldn't figure it out either. But Jesus still promised it. And it wasn't enough. 
They were still anxious. They were still living with anticipatory grief and fear. So Jesus looked at them, and he says this. I am the vine. You are the branches. As long as you abide in me, as long as you remain connected to me, to the relationship that we have built upon, even after I'm dead, you're going to discover that that relationship doesn't end. And if you abide in that relationship, you will thrive. In fact, the invitation here Jesus gives is for the disciples not only remain connected to him and let them know that it was still possible to remain connected to Jesus after he was dead because, of course, they had not any understanding of the resurrection. But it was also necessary for them to stay connected to each other. I'm the vine. You are the branches. And as long as you stay in that connection, whatever may be happening around you, it's going to be okay. Whatever the storms of life may be, whatever the choices you face, it's going to be okay because you're not going to go through this alone. I'm the vine. You are the branches. And I understand that in that day, they immediately caught the image in a way which we probably don't, unless you're into gardening or unless you were raised on a farm. We don't get those images. But just think of this. As long as the flower stays connected to the stem, it has a chance to blossom and be beautiful. Snip. There isn't anything. As long as you stay connected. Jesus knew that our life was always intended, the way it was given to us, the way we're called to live it, is to live in a sense of community, to stay connected in our faith. We live in a time when a lot of people talk about being spiritual. I'm spiritual, but not religious. Like that's some new big thing to say. Well, guess what? I'm spiritual and not religious either. Oh, I wear a robe on Sunday because you expect me to, but I'm really not much about the robe. And I've had enough of my life living with religion that makes me ill, so you got nothing over me on that. But I am about being connected in the faith to others because I've discovered the sweetest place to live in life is when we share that faith with other people on the journey. You can't do it alone. Over the last few weeks, I've been asking groups of people within this congregation, tell me, just take a second, and think about the time that was the most important time in your life, in the life of this church, a time when your heart was moved, when you were moved to cry or to laugh. You felt a moment of the touch of the holy in your life. When did that happen? And every one of them said, Rick, when I heard you preach. (laughs) Well, okay, that's what I wanted them to say. But that's not what they said. What they said was, there was this time when I was with this small group, or we were on a mission trip, or we were in a Bible study class, or we were going into a fellowship event, or we were hanging out. Those moments when we're connecting with each other in a real way, we're looking each other in the eyes, we're having conversation, we're actually listening to each other, those are the moments where God moved. That's the way it's always been. Jesus did not say, hey, let's get a large group of people and do this as a corporate act only. He said, no, let's get 12 guys together and help them figure it out. And then, of course, they expanded. Of course they did. But they never lost that intimacy. As long as you abide in me, you'll thrive. 
I mean, the church understands community in a unique way. There are some people who think what the church does is it takes someone off the street and then we teach them how to be Christian. But that was not what Jesus intended either. Every time a new person comes in the church, the community is changed. The community adapts. The community listens to what the new person brings because what the new person brings is an experience of Jesus that we may not have. So don't rush to change somebody as soon as they get in the church. Let somebody who's coming in the church change the church first. And then grow together as a family of faith. As long as you abide in me, as long as you're connected to each other, as long as you understand how important we are to each other. Carson is uh, uh, one of the kids in our cherub choir, and... Uh, I happen to like Carson because Carson likes me. And, um, and the other day, Carson was, in the, uh, was sitting in the back in his car seat at the gas station, and Mom was getting it filled up, and he thought he saw Pastor Rick. And he had a holy fit because, oh, my goodness, Pastor Rick's here at the gas station. We've got to talk to Pastor Rick. And, and every, well, it wasn't Pastor Rick. Just another good-looking bald guy. But, you know. <laughs> so I like a kid who gets upset that he hasn't got a chance to see me. Well, the, Carson was here. Uh, about a week or two ago, and being walked around to look at the new construction with his grandma and grandpa. And grandma leans down and says to Carson, Carson, look it. The church is building you a gym. And Carson looked up at his grandma and looked back at that hole and thought that was pretty cool. They're building me a gym. And we are. We're building a gym for all the Carsons. And for the Carsons we've never met. And we're going to let the church be changed because the prayer of the grandmother when she told me the story was this. Because I want my Carson to come play basketball and volleyball and pickleball and whatever else we're going to do in that gym so that he can grow up to be a man of faith. As long as you abide in me. Confirmands are coming in today. They're going to become full members of the church. Now, if there's any illusion about the fact that they've been a critical, important part of the church up to this point, let me be clear about that. They've already been that. But today, everything changes. Yesterday, you could have said, well, I'm not really about church. My mom and dad make me come. Or I'm forced to come because my peers make me come. Or, you know, whatever. But as of this morning, in front of God and everybody, you're taking these vows for yourself. Because you understand that right now, for the rest of your life, you're intended to share your faith with each other. And with others, this is not a solo act. And so you come together today to join this church, all of these people. And we become a new church today because you're here. I want you, I want you to understand what you have to learn from them. In their year of confirmation, they've done a lot of things. It's all in the well, it's not all, but some of it's in the booklet. You can look at it. But if you take it through. In their kingdom assignments, here are the kinds of things they wanted to do. They wanted to help 
children who were abused. And so they raised money to help provide comfort for abused children. They wanted to make sure children and families were fed. So they raised money for the food pantry, for other food ministries in the area. They wanted to work to make sure that they could provide some comfort to the homeless of Flint. And so they boxed up a bunch of boots and coats and hats and such to give to the homeless in Flint when we go back. They wanted to make sure that children in this community for whom their parents cannot provide a birthday party, that they'll have a birthday. You think they're ready to be the church? They are the church. It's just that today, they're coming into this branch. They're going to be connected here to each other and to all these folks. And as we come here today, it is my deepest prayer that you will all become leaders of the church here or wherever God sends you and find the place where you can be in the branch of Jesus Christ because that's where you're going to thrive. That's where you're going to surround people who will actually love you when you're not very lovable. And teach you how to love them back when they're not lovable either. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, he said. I wish I could tell you how important it is for you to know that. And I don't undermine the fact that, in fact, you already do. But there are some days it matters even more. I have a friend of mine whom I love very much. When he came into this world, he was given into a family that didn't know how to express love, expressed it through abuse. I had to live with that. Had to grow up with the scars of that. And decided to turn around and use his life to care for others. So that's what he spent his career doing. And now, he lives in a place in his life where his heart is so open to the pain of the world. And there's a lot of pain in his world right now. And there's a lot of people he loves deep to his bones that he loves so much and he hurts for so much. And so... Some people with that kind of story would become embittered, would really hate God, would go off on their own somewhere and do things that would destroy their own life. But you know what he does? Usually when this church is fairly empty, he comes in, doesn't talk to anybody because he's not here to talk to us. (laughs) He comes down and he sits in the sanctuary and he talks to Jesus. I mean, I don't mean he says, you know, a prayer and walks out. I mean, he talks to Jesus. And Jesus talks to him. I'm not, I'm not using, like, imagery here. They have conversation. Because his heart is poured open by the wounds of his own life and the wounds of those he loves, he comes into this place. He comes to this place. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And he sits here and knows that in the middle of a life where it'd be so easy just to say, 
nuts to it all, he's found a depth of love in his heart like he never knew before. And he has so much tenderness about him, not brokenness, even though his heart breaks at times. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? He, he comes here because he knows that when he comes here, he's abiding in the vine. He's a part of this larger family. Now, he comes in when they're all of us are here too, but he's come to understand when life isn't easy, it's even more important to abide in him because that's when he'll abide in you. I love my friend, and I'm humbled by how he demonstrates his faith. Guess what you're signing up for today? A relationship with that God who loves you so much and wants for you so much more than you could ever imagine and says to you from this moment on, we're in this together. Now, he's been with you since birth. We taught you that. But in this moment, you're sealing the deal. In this moment, you're stepping up and God is stepping forward to receive you. Why? Because he said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you abide in me, you will thrive. Even on days when it's not great. And on days when you win the championship, God will be there for it all. Because, he said, all of this is for this last point, so that my joy may be in you. My joy. And that your joy will be complete. There's no prayer I pray harder than for that for you. May your joy be complete because from this point on, you will never not be a part of the body of Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.